What's up everybody, welcome to the How You Podcast If you're wondering why it's so soulful in here right now Well it's because today on the How You Podcast We're talking about relationships And we're giving you one thing you need to do Before you decide to get married So lock in this week Because we're growing somewhere And I mean this is extra soulful Like I'm just feeling this song in the background right now But you know What's up, everybody? Welcome to the How You Podcast. My name is Xavier, and this is the personal growth podcast that gives you personal growth tips quicker than you can finish a cup of coffee. But if you finish the cup, then we've said a little too much. We release personal growth tips just like this every other week. So if you aren't, consider subscribing and hitting the little bell so that you can get notified anytime a new podcast comes out. Also, I was recently told that the sip of coffee before the podcast start is like when Lil Wayne used to flick his lighter before a fire verse. It's like it signifies that we about to get a fire tip today, a fire personal growth tip. So I'm going to sip it one more time. All right, cool, man. Uh, Check this out. I I got a story to tell before we get started. And if you look in the corner, for those of you who watch the video, if you look in the corner of the video, my wife is back there. That means if I start lying at any point during this story, uh, she's going to shake her head. Nah, and be like, that's cap. Stop the cap. Or if you can you say hi, babe? Just yell it a little louder. Hello. All right. There you go. For those of you listening to the podcast, if my wife ever says stop the cap. That means I've gotten to the point that I'm lying about something and that wouldn't be right. So, man, let's go ahead and get into uh, today's episode. Cool. Man, look, check this out. When I was growing up, I was not the person who was considered attractive by everybody else. <laughs> it feels weird to say. I, I don't, I I don't want to call myself ugly because I think all people are gorgeous in the sight of somebody. I just struggled to find those somebodies. I just, there weren't a lot of people who would put me in their attractive category. Now, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the way I acted. Maybe it was the way I dressed. Maybe it was just the way I looked. For whatever it was, I, I peaked later in life. I didn't feel like I had an actual glow up. Uh, as a result, Elementary school, middle school, no lie, I can name on one hand the number of people who I feel like had a crush on me, period. That's between kindergarten, pre-K, the whole nine leading up to the point that I got to middle school. Long story short, middle school rolls around and I'm sick of being the dude that never gets any girls. I remember this is the personal growth podcast is the how you, I feel like we could be open and real at this point in my life. I'm sick of being the person that gets no girls. Like my, my brothers are athletes. So they get a bunch of girls and that type of stuff. And, and I don't know what it was, but like I said, I just, I wasn't popular. I, I didn't have any game as they say. I didn't have a lot going for me or whatever it was. The point was I got no girls and going into high school. I was sick of that. I was sick of being the dude that never got the girl. I was sick of being the dude that never had a crush like him back. Like I was always the friend zone. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, even in middle school, they're like, ooh, I wish I had a boyfriend like you. And I'm like, look, I'm a boyfriend like me. You can have me. I'm open and I'm, I'm available. We can make this. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> I was tired of it. Going into high school, I was switching school districts or whatever. And I said, hey, it's time for me to reinvent myself. I said, the people at the school that I'm going to have no idea 
that I'm not cool. I know. Most middle school thought ever, right? I'm like, they have no idea that the school that I left, I wasn't the most popular person, period. They have no idea that the school I left, uh, people didn't find me attractive. They had no idea. The, the thing is, I started to get these thoughts right around the time I was also about to have a little bit of a glow up. So I get a part-time job going into high school. I get a part-time job working at JCPenney. I upgrade my wardrobe and the way that I dress. I watched all of these videos about confidence and about, you know, being yourself and all of that stuff. And I just say, okay, now is my time. And the truth is, it worked. I know this is, this sounds weird. And once again, remember my wife is going to tell me I'm lying if I ever say anything that's wrong. But it worked. And for the first time in my entire existence... I felt like there was a moment where not only did one person maybe kind of think that they had a crush on me or that I was attractive. I feel like for the first time I had options in my entire life. This was probably ninth grade, 10th grade and going in through my, my high school time. And that was something new to me. Uh, I was learning spoken word poetry at the time. I had started uh, writing and playing music. Uh, That's around the time that, like I said, I gained a bunch of my confidence. Uh, I actually lost some weight. I got a little taller. Uh, Like I said, I learned how to dress. My brother actually gave me a lesson. He took me shopping my middle school summer and was like, yo, this is how you kind of put it together. Now, I'm not saying I was missed to put it on. Don't get me wrong. If you look back at my ninth and 10th grade, 11th grade pictures, I'm not saying I was that guy. I'm just saying this was the time where, like I said, I started to get a little bit more attention from uh from girls so that carries on with me I'm in a couple of relationships in high school that carries on with me into college and for those of you who might know me and my wife we actually started dating in college even though we met in high school we started dating in college but the truth is I never got over having all of that attention I, I was never the guy who would talk to a bunch of girls at the same time that type of thing but I just enjoyed the attention if I'm being honest I led uh girls on and I acted like I wanted a relationship Hey, in just a minute, you're going to hear my oven go off because I'm cooking. That's because this real life. This ain't a game. This real life. The point is, uh, I, I had conversations with my mentors. Like, hey, you got to stop doing this type of stuff. That's not healthy for you. So on and so forth. The point is, even after I started dating Francine, I was still used to a bunch of the attention. When I got in college, I was doing spoken word and entering talent shows. I was hosting events and I was always up in front of people and I was just used to and almost addicted to the attention that I received from women, even if it didn't lead to anything. And that ended up becoming an issue in my marriage. I tell that entire story to say this. The one thing that you need to do before you get married And if you are married, this is something that you may start to realize you never did and you can go back and correct the mistakes of. The one thing you need to do, the one thing I should have done before I got married was this. I should have learned my love language and then forced myself to live without it from the opposite sex. I'll say that again. I should have learned my love language and then forced myself to live without it from the opposite sex. If you're listening, you're like, hey, what in the world is a love language? Love language is a tool that tries to primarily communicate how you like to give and receive love. 
We're not going to go into a whole, you know, thing about all of the love languages and dig deep into them and how you know what your love language is. But I'll give all five of them to you really quick. Quality time, which just means my love language is spending time together. Acts of service, which means I feel loved when you do things for me. Three is physical touch. And that's not just talking about sex and physical intimacy. That's talking about anything from handshakes to hugs and, you know, touches on the shoulder and so on and so forth. Words of affirmation are affirming words. Go figure and gift gift giving is exactly what it sounds like the giving and receiving of gifts the issue with me was my love language was words of affirmation that's still my primary love language and i was used to being flooded with words of affirmation from girls from women from whatever you want to call it from people of the opposite sex oh my gosh my wife would say i had groupies do not they were not groupies they were not. I don't know what you're saying. Why are you calling them groupies? Well, the point is, I was used to being flooded with words of affirmation. So when I got married and hearing all of those words of affirmation was no longer healthy for my relationship or even before. I, this should have happened way before is what I'm saying. But when I got married and I had to give all of that up, that's a good way to say it. When I got married and I had to give all of that up, there was a void that my wife as an individual could never fill. Why? Because I was used to a surplus of people giving me my love language when I needed it and when I wanted it. That caused problems in my marriage because now I'm holding my wife to an unhealthy standard. She's now having to speak into and affirm all the things that three, four or five or six other women used to always affirm. Not women that I were in a relationship with, but even stuff as simple as coming off stage from a spoken word performance and hearing people tell me how good I did. And more specifically, hearing women tell me how good how good it was, et cetera. Those things became a void in my life that my wife could never feel. And the reason that you and I need to learn what our love language is and then learn to live without it is because when we put those types of expectations on the people that we love, they start to bog them down and they start to feel drained and they start to feel like you will never be pleased or you will never be happy. And the truth is you end up disappointed with them because they can never live up to your level of expectation and the wedge of your expectation and the disappointment of what you're actually receiving drives the relationship further and further and further apart. I had a mentor tell me like this. He said, disappointment is the gap between expectation and reality. My goodness. Disappointment is the gap between expectation and reality. And if you have built a reality in your life right now where you consistently get your love language all the time and you never learn to live without it, then when you get to uh, the reality of marriage, you will expect that same thing. And it's just not possible. One person cannot fulfill the things that a bunch of people used to fulfill. I'll take it a step deeper. Even if. You aren't getting your love language fulfilled by multiple people of the opposite sex at the same time. Even having just one person. If you have created a world where you have never been without someone 
of the opposite sex catering to your needs or without someone of the opposite sex making you feel good in terms of words of affirmation or physical touch or gift giving or something like that in some type of a romantic relationship. It's healthy to learn to live without it because the truth is your marriage might go through a season where your spouse just doesn't want to provide your love language. Is that right? No, they should always want to. But the truth is you when you get married, you're marrying somebody who's flawed. You are flawed. And as a result, your two flawed people will produce a flawed marriage at some points. And there may be a season where neither of you speak the right love language. And if you've developed an appetite for something, when it goes away, you will look for it in all the wrong places or you will grieve not having it so bad, it'll cause you to be bitter towards your spouse or bitter towards your significant other. So if you are single right now, my encouragement to you would be this. Identify your love language. You can Google it. Five love language test. It'll help you figure out if you don't already know what it is. You normally have one or two that are really important to you. Figure out your love language and then force yourself to go without it for some time. And learn to be healthy without it. If I take it a step deeper, learn to find some of those languages in your community. Find brothers or sisters who affirm you. Find friend circles that you can exchange gifts with. People that you love that you could spend quality time with. People that you love that you can exchange acts of service. I ain't talking about friends with benefits type stuff. Don't be servicing each other like that. I'm talking favors and, you know, helping take loads off of your plate, et cetera. People of the same sex, people that you aren't aren't attracted to. These are you learn to build it in community so that you don't hold your spouse to it. Single people. If you're married, my encouragement to you is just like I had to do. Realize the things that you have built and realize the worlds that you have built and start detoxing from those expectations. Start detoxing and share those with your spouse. They might be understanding to them. Lastly, what you got to realize is this is going to be a moving target for you. Maybe you get it on the first try. Maybe you don't. You'll realize it's something you've built over years is not going to disappear overnight. And you want to make sure that you have, like I said, either community if you're single or sharing this journey with your spouse to make sure that they can go along on this ride with you. Hey, that's all we have for this week's episode. If you have another personal growth topic that you want to cover, you can DM me on Instagram at XVR Maryland. That's at XVR Maryland. It's Xavier without the vowels at XVR Maryland. You can DM me any topic you want to talk about whatsoever. And if you want to remain anonymous, of course, I'm not going to say your name. I never say names on this podcast. Uh, But if you have a topic you want to talk about, let me know if this is something that you relate to. Shoot me a message on Instagram and let's talk about it. Let's continue the conversation a little bit more. All of that good stuff. Hey, if you're listening, you're not subscribed. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit that bell notification so you can get notified. And remember to lock in because you won't go anywhere unless you grow somewhere.